and, and I can, I just can run through the people that we work with. Like I stay at their house. They stay at mine. They, 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 they you know, see my kids grow up. Um, and then now those that have come in later, like they're immediately friends. We travel together. We, you know, stay in hotel rooms together. Like, you know, they, they, it's personal. Welcome to the Bar Band Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barband.com. Today, I'm talking to Matt O'Keefe, the president of Loud and Live Sports. Matt wears a lot of different hats within the fitness industry, and that's particularly true when it comes to the CrossFit space. He's the agent to top athletes, including Matt Fraser and Tia Claire Toomey. That's seven CrossFit Games championships between the two of them. And he's also an event organizer. Loud and Live Sports runs sanctionals competitions, including Wadapalooza and the Granite Games. I'm really excited to dive in with Matt on a lot of different topics, including blending the personal and professional sides of the fitness industry, as well as how event organizers have been impacted by cancellations and postponements due to COVID-19. Also, I do want to say this podcast sounds a little bit different than some of our others. We recorded it with a slightly different audio setup than we're used to. A lot of that was because we had to record remotely due to social distancing. So if it sounds a little bit different audio wise than some of our other podcasts, you know the reason why. Now let's get to it. Matt O'Keefe, it's fantastic to see your face and hear your voice again. I, I wish it was in person under different circumstances, but we're both kind of stuck inside. You've certainly been staying busy with Loud and Live. If you don't mind giving people a little bit of background, Loud and Live, what is it? How did it come about? And, and what is kind of the full spectrum of what you all cover? Because I haven't been able to narrow it down to an elevator pitch. Maybe you could help me out there. I might take longer than that, but I'll say first, thanks for having me, David. We have a lot of history. Uh, it's great to see your face. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work in the past. I'm proud of what you're doing. Um, and Thank and you. excited to talk to you today. Uh, Loud and Live uh, is a entertainment, marketing, and sports agency. Um, you know, I run the sports division, so Loud and Live Sports. Um, we um, encompass, uh, events across all, uh, funnels. So, you know, on the marketing side, we run events, you know, for brands in retail, out of retail, you know, uh, you know, just in the general market. So if, I'll give you a, for instance, like Walmart, we're an agency of record for Walmart. So we do, um, all the brand activations inside Walmart's walls. So we have, we're one of five agencies that if you're a brand and you sell something in Walmart, you have to use us. Uh, one of us, one of the five agencies. So we bid for work. Um, so we do that on the on the re- on the uh, the retail shopper side, and then um, entertainment. We we run concerts. We probably have five hundred concerts. We we uh, we run produce a year. We own some festival style stuff. Um, we have a country music festival. Uh, so the, the entertainment team. We do a lot of Latin music. Um, and uh, we have a you know joint venture in South America with a company that's General Market South America. We're very Latin in, in North America, so we do like the Ed Share and the U2s of the world in South America, and we do a lot of Latin talent in North America. And then on the sports side, we sort of emulate those uh, similar buckets. <coughs> um, we have sporting events, um, 
you know, right now all very fitness CrossFit focused. We have five CrossFit sanctionals that we own and operate. We manage talent, which we also do on the entertainment side, by the way. I missed that. Um, we manage talent um, and we do marketing work with brands um, in, you know, specifically that health wellness uh, vertical at this point. So, um, you know, that's what, what I'm doing now, you know, and you and I, you and I know I met you, you know, years ago, years and years, years ago, doing a lot of different stuff, but that's, <laughs> uh, that's loud and live and loud and live sports now, which, you know, out of Miami, I live in Boston. I merged my business into it about, well, a little over two years ago now. Mm. Um, and so I commute to Miami on the weekly and, and I'm down there usually Tuesday or Thursday. So yeah. when it comes to these, when it comes to these events on the sports side, uh, it's you all you all are very big in the CrossFit community, and I think that actually a lot of people in the CrossFit community think that loud and live sports is loud and live. They think all you do is CrossFit sanctionals and, and, and things like that. Obviously, the company's much bigger, so I appreciate that explanation. But as far as the sanctionals you all run, some of these are pretty darn established competitions, including what I would argue is you know the second biggest event in the calendar every year for the CrossFit community, and that's Wadapalooza. How did you all, because uh, I know you all didn't start Wadapalooza, right? Uh, but right. It, it's now it's now your baby. It's now what, what you all run, and it's kind of the, the, call it the gold star on the calendar. How did that come about that you all started getting involved with that event and eventually took it over from the organizational standpoint? Yeah. And that's sort of how I ended up where with the guys from loud and live was, you know, sort of their progression was first that they bought an interest in Wadapalooza. Mm. So my now partners, Nelson and Marco, who are the founders of loud and live, um, are, are experiential people. That's sort of their nature. They build experiences around brands and, you know, build events. Uh, we own one of the largest Halloween properties in the world. They're just like good eyeballs and build good quality human experiences. And they stumbled on this event in Bayfront Park in Miami because of a mutual friend um, and with the then owners, uh, Guido and Steve and uh, Nelson and Marco, the now uh, my partners. And so they, um, they stumbled on it and were like, this is amazing. Like it's Miami as heck and it's uh, well done. And look at these people having so much fun and, you know, expressing, the, you know, fitness. And so they bought in and they, the, the, the quick transition there is like they, you know, they're event people, you know, our space is obviously a little different, weird people. We're all weird that are in CrossFit and they were like trying to figure it out. And they looked at it a little too cookie cutter and they're, you know, immediately on the lookout, like, all right, who in the space can help us with sponsorship and athletes. So those guys introduced me um, to, uh, you know, Steve and Guido introduced me to Nelson and Marco and we worked together on a consulting basis. They exercised, you know, um, buying the rest of the business, mm -hmm. you know, with, you know, they sort of had an option to do that. They did it. We moved on. Um, and, and they, came to me and said, Hey, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to be all in. We'd actually like to be all in, in the business, um, right. not just own this singular fitness event in Miami. So, uh, you want to come over and do what you do with us and link it all together. Those there's a lot of symmetry with athletes and brands and events. Right. So, um, that was sort of the, the short story on how that all came together. And yeah, I mean, Wadapalooza is, um, that's a freight train that, you know, a lot of people have had a lot of things to do with over time. And certainly I had nothing to do with starting that. Um, I am so proud to be um, someone that helps facilitate it now. 
that's a culture, that's a movement, that's um, a community in its own right. You know, 45,000 people strutted through that park this year. Um, you know, hundreds of brands and, you know, it's, it's sort of become this like NBA all-star weekend <clears throat> of, of our space. Um, it's not the CrossFit game, but it has a very cool league competition for a lot of money. We gave away over 400 grand this year. Um, that's a, that's a badass event. I really, it, like, I've been a part of that in so many different forms as have you, like I went to it as a brand when I was, you know, I had my small brand. I went to it as a manager with athletes. I, you know, even had a coaching band, you know, Catherine Davis daughter won one year and I was on her coaching band. Like I've seen it from so many different scopes. I've never competed. Oh, I competed this year, actually. They made me do something this year, but, um, <laughs> so it's, um, I've seen it, you know, that's been a big piece of my life. Honestly, I really always look forward to going down to it. I'm yeah. super proud to be a part of it. You mentioned that it is, it is so Miami. I mean, the CrossFit games, I could never imagine being in Miami, because it just it it's just so different. It's just such a different vibe. It's the kind of thing where it, it's I, I I don't know I, I I don't know anything to compare it to. So if you get the chance to go to one, the CrossFit Games is the CrossFit Games is like very Madison. It's like you know clean lines yeah. and proper. Like that city, honestly, that city is perfect for the CrossFit Games. It's like it accepts it, it owns it, it, it promotes the hell out of it. it. It's like really proud of it. Just Miami's proud of what we do. It's like yeah. in, because we you know. I don't know. I think it's like very on brand for Wisconsin in my mind. Like, I just think it, like it really works there, you know? Um, and it's like, it's the official, it's like the proper competition. Not that we're not, we run a good competition, right? but we like people are wearing purple and pink and like lights are flashing in your face. Like it's just a different thing. You know, um, the game, the games is like, you know, it's a world championship. It's like serious shit. Right. You know? It's also, I mean, it's Miami. It's, it's one atmosphere where, uh, if you are in Miami, you're used to people not wearing as many clothes anyway. So, it, <laughs> so it just, it just, it just makes a lot of sense. It fits in with the waterfront. You stumble across it. You're like, yeah, this is how people normally dress in Miami. They just have more abs than the average beachgoer. We have obviously a, t- a massive team at Loud and Live. So they, they, they I, I get to see this like cross, you know, culture, these, these clashings of cultures. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, the entertainment team comes and they're like, what is going on here? Like, and you know, and, and some of the artists that we work with are starting to do it. They know what it is and they know who Matt Fraser is because he's now become more than just a CrossFitter to the globe and influence. But it's, it's, I see some funny stuff for sure because you know you know i mean if you walked into that thing and you were just like a person that lived in one of those buildings in downtown miami you'd be like is is everybody okay here like what's going on well it is miami so i feel like if you live in downtown miami you like aren't phased by this stuff anymore if you if you walk through brickle or south beach every day like at a certain point you get desensitized you're like yeah all right cool like i see you know i see 100 fitness influencers instagram influencers every day this is just this is just a convention. It's no big deal. It's like, I keep my shirt on at that event. I promise you. <laughs> you know, it's like Matt, 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 Matt Fraser come, comes down the last couple of years to support us and, and be there and me and run around. But like he, he's got, you know, the, the army cargo pants on, no shirt. He embraces it. Like he, there's all these photos of Matt that came out of the event. It's like him standing on the side of the stage, you know, having a blast joking around, you know, no shirt on huge tattoo. Like he's just like, it's, he, he became Miami, Miami Matt. 
And then, then I like Miami, Matt, because Matt and and you've known Matt for for years and years, well before he was a CrossFit Games athlete. Matt is a guy who you wouldn't necessarily expect to, you know, he'll work out without a shirt on, but just like walking around town, you know, he's not, that's just not his style. He's going to like be closed. Right. You know, and I like the idea of Miami, Matt. I mean, in Miami, I think cargo shorts and no shirt is technically business casual. So that's a hundred percent. My suit is, uh, you know, a pair of shorts and, you know, some sneakers and, and shirts optional. Mostly, you know, it, you, if you're wearing a button down, it has to have like, you can only button to here, like right about the, the <laughs> mid chest. So back to as far as your involvement with, with Wadapalooza and with the sanctionals competitions in general, Loud and Live brings a perspective of like major events management from a lot of different spheres, music, entertainment, retail. What do you think was missing from the CrossFit event space that Loud and Live Brought or that you all are trying to bring from the more general space? Like, is it, was it a level of professionalism? Is it a bit of polish? Like, what do you think wasn't quite there that you all are trying to do a little bit differently in the CrossFit event space? Yeah, it's a really good question. That in, in, um, it, it's a really easy answer. It's just the overall experience. The, by the way, CrossFit does a phenomenal job yeah. with what they do and they're very f- focused on the competition, you know, side of things. And, you know, um, the, the complete experience I think is where we focus, you know, we have a thousand volunteers we have, um, which, you know, and they do too, but you know, it's, uh, they, we have 2,700 athletes competing. We have 150 brands at was, uh, uh, we have, you know, 45,000 people running through the property. We take all that and, uh, to consideration um, for and in, in, in look at it from an equality perspective, I think a fan's experience has to be as uh, sig- you know significantly approached as an athlete on the floor's experience. And you know, y- you know, from an events perspective, you could say like, well, okay, the result of that fan's experience is what goes on on the floor. Uh, we would just disagree with that a little. I think mm-hmm. that we're building festivals. Is my point. You know, we're mm-hmm. not um, building competitions. It's um, you know that piece of property is a canvas that we try to paint completely, and it's not just about the floor. Um, and not to say anybody else looks at it any differently. I just know that from when we got into Waterpalooza specifically, and now the other four events that we're operating. You know, um, and I think what we've um, enhanced at Waterpalooza is that over experience so you know it's you know you know fan interaction opportunity uh brand engagement uh volunteer experience which is you know and and, you know and i've learned a lot of this from crossfit you know and guys at crossfit that you know that's probably one of the more important is you know how they're fed um you know what you know how they're treated throughout the week because you know you're dealing with um you know a thousand people that aren't paid that come down and cost them money and they work 16 hours a day, they get dehydrated and they don't eat enough. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, an onslaught on them. So, you know, how they get to interact with the whole overall event, not just on the floor. Like there's so much that goes into it. And I think, you know, we're uh, committed to every year enhancing that. And, you, you know, if you've been to the event, you'll see what we did this year comparatively to the year before. I want that to be what's associated with our events is, constant evolution and improvement you know we added thousands of seats we doubled seat capacity this year and still ended up having a seating issue because more people are coming but i want them to see that right and know we're going to address it and we will and we're going to add and evolve and increase that experience that level of experience well i mean visually you want to have 
it, it sounds weird, but I guess the, the good side of having too few seats is that it keeps this, this vibe going, right? Wadapalooza has a vibe that it's like, you don't want it to be over capacity from a safety issue, but at the same time, you don't want empty bleachers. That's not the vibe you want in Miami right. at all, right? No, and, and you know, it's, um, it, it's become this thing where it's, you know, that's always on our mind, right? Like you, um, I think you have to dream big and be a level of delusional on, you know, you know, how hard and far you want to run with things. We also want to be realistic and continue to, you know, you know, be mindful. We've got to, you know, we're running a business for one and two, we've got to, um, you know, we want that ex- piece of the experience, right? Like I don't want people to go to Bayside and be like, Oh, that's cool. Like, you know, half the seats are full. Cause we just like overthought that we've got to do a better job next year, of, you know, doing a little more, um, thinking ahead with growth. I like, the amount of growth we went through the last two years now, David is a hundred percent from a capacity perspective. So 45 to 50% each year over growth in the last two years. So when we did that in 19, we were like, that's, it was an eight year old property. It's like, no way this happens again. Yeah. We'll grow because we're good at what we're doing. We had a badass year and people will come and more will, but to think we would have that many more people, we were literally just like laughing. Uh, about the the amount of people that were there and then quickly like trying to say to people like you know we we communicated probably and said like hey if it's a general emission ticket like you're not guaranteed a seat and we made sure better this year that every vip always had a seat that wasn't even the case the year before we didn't even have the capacity for it so yeah it's a balance you know like that stage flagler which is the main one where you walk in the gate you know used to be people just standing around barricades and then it was two sides of stands now this year it's four sided stands and we put VIP decks and there are still people like all over the place around it. Um, we're just going to build a bigger boat. <laughs> it's like, it's all we can do. And it's such a cool problem to have though, man, like that, it, 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 but you hit the nail on the head. It's like that experience, which is always on top of our mind can't change. So I just don't ever want it to be that aerial shot that we do every year is, you know, a 10,000 seat facility that there's 8,000 people in, which would be awesome, but look weird because it's not packed, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like looking at a, a major league baseball stadium when they're in like garbage time and they're not making the playoffs. And it's like, they got 2000 people in an 80,000 seat arena. You're like, eh, it's not, that's no. not going to get, that's not going to fill the seats for next year. You mean uh, Miami's my, the Miami Marlins baseball stadium all the time. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to name, I didn't want to name names, but maybe a little too close to home when we're talking about Wadapalooza, but they've had, some, they've had some butts and seats problems over the years. Let's be honest here. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the athlete management side of, of what you do specifically. We can talk about what Loud and Live does, but I'm kind of interested in, in the Matt O'Keefe story here because when I met you, it was, I guess, 2014 probably. And in many ways, that was those were the early days of top CrossFitters actually having managers and having sure. people that they that they worked with to you know represent them, to connect them with brands, to kind of help do that work and to build brands around those people. It's obviously evolved since then to become the norm. If you're a top CrossFit athlete, like of course you have an agent or you're very likely to have an agent these days. Whereas six years ago, it was the exception to the rule. And I think that your work has been a a driving force behind that, honestly. So tell us a little bit about how that has evolved and why you think, uh, I mean, why you were basically interested in, in doing that in the first place. 
Yeah, it's um, it started as this, you know, and I think this is really when you and I met was, you know, in that passion phase, just, you know, sort of being a friend to, you know, a, you know, a viable business and, and a career. Um, you know, I've always been attracted to um, sports and sports business. You know, I've always tried to consume as much as I could on that side, but it was, it was always a passion piece for me. Like it was sort of my interest and it was never my uh, career or anything I did entrepreneurial. I was always on the sales side of things, you know, my family owned a car dealership and then I evolved into selling insurance and it just got, you know, I took a chance on myself when I walked through a CrossFit affiliate door. Um, and then, you know, the chance I took was, you know, starting a business, um, you know, clothing business, but whatever that, that just, um, quickly evolved into this, you know, meeting Matt Fraser and then Matt, <clears throat> you know, it's so funny. The first thing I ever did with Matt, you probably were somewhat indirectly involved with, which was NFS sports, neutral mm. force at the time he'd gotten an offer from them. And he's like, Hey, can you look at this? That's like how I started being an agent. Like it literally was like, Hey, my wife's a lawyer. If I can ever do anything to help, I, I love you dearly. So I just want to protect you. I have a business mind. I, you know, like sales is sales in a lot of ways. It's like, Hey, you got a value, try to hold it like whatever, you know? Um, and it was just, a, I think the, the relationship I had with Matt was the, the, the platform that allowed this to become what it is because in a unique time, um, where nobody really had agents, I had a unique opportunity from what I was doing to be able to do things and not look at it from a business perspective, truly was doing it cause I cared. And Matt was a unique opportunity in that perspective because Matt just trusted me as a human and had no interest in having an agent in his life because his family um, were professional. His mom and dad were professional ice skaters yeah. and they had a poor experience with an agent. So it was like, Hey, I don't want an agent. I want a friend. Can you just watch out for me? Um, yeah. And like fast forward today, he's a massive business unit that has a ton going on. And I'm so proud of the evolution, not only from a business perspective, but him and how he's become a businessman. But it's, um, that was really like how it started. And it's like, you know, from there, I think people took notice to, I think, you know, how he was accepting and then mm. doing some business that I was a part of. And he's been a huge salesman, like on my side, he just, you know, the nice part and Pat, Matt and Brent and I talked about this last night is there's a uniqueness in our uh, business climate from a, from an influencer perspective where they all kind of buying into this rising tide scenario and they help each other out, you know, mm -hmm. and quite frankly, no matter what anybody says, ground zero, like Pat, Matt and Brent are not only competitive on the floor, they are off in a lot of ways from a business perspective, because it's, you know, if you want a clothing and a shoe deal, like there's not, a, you know, there's a few options and, you know, they don't sign everybody in the free world. That's a very elite thing that happens um, from an endorsement perspective. But those, you know, Matt, you know, basically just told anybody that asked them, Hey, how do you handle your business? You should just start to O'Keefe. And that's how a lot of clients came my way. I, I, you know, one thing I'm proud of is like, you know, a lot of the evolution of our business, mine on the athlete management side was truly just by, um, his, his trust in me. Um, and then, you know, um, those, those other people then accepting that and trusting me, um, not me running around selling people on doing mm -hmm. business with me, you know? So, um, that's really kind of the evolution of it. It's, it's a, it's a cool, really awesome piece of what we now do at loud and live sports and it's evolving. 
we're looking at opportunities to be in other places doing it, maybe other sports down the line. But, um, you know, we got our hands full with what we do with these kids now. They're, they've become like really cool business units, like brands. It's, um, man, I'm so proud because I look at you and you like give me this like, you know, this this flash of like, I remember sitting in the swamp with you doing the contract signing with Matt with the Rhinos. You know, just a piece of history with Matt and the evolution. And it's, uh, man, it's come so far and it's been such a cool ride. It's it's funny. I was at a wedding uh, a little under a year ago in Maine and it was uh, an old weightlifting buddy of mine uh, was getting married and he and Matt had the same weightlifting coach growing up, Chris Polakowski. And they sit, oh, they, nice. they sit me next to Chris at this wedding and he's like, He's like, hey, you do you do something in the in the in the CrossFit space or your 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 barbell thing? And I was like, oh, you know, bar bend. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Do you know Do you know Matt Fraser? I was like, every, I was like, yeah. Everyone everyone knows who that is. And he had all these stories about Matt training when he was. I think he started training weightlifting when he was like twelve or thirteen as a youth athlete and an accomplished junior athlete on the international stage. So that was kind of my flashback moment, just to think of like these people at this wedding knew Matt were like training alongside him when they were kids and weightlifting. Um, it's, it's interesting how these sports communities really, they, they kind of look after their own in the strength world, right? Like Matt is one of the top CrossFitters in history. Right. But at the same time, these people still viewed him as a weightlifter. He was still a weightlifter first and foremost. And they had that, that affection for him in that regard, you know, growing up in Vermont, a kid just lifted barbells. It was a really, really cool, thing to see. And I think that that authenticity and that personal connection is really important in the space. And one thing I think a lot of athletes get turned off by is when they, they get the hard sells, when someone's approaching them and saying like, Hey, I can be your agent. Here's what I can do for you, blah, blah, blah. But you having those athletes approach you through the work and example you had with Matt Fraser, I think has set a very different tone. What are some misconceptions you think uh, a lot of people in the space could be athletes, could be fans might have about the relationship that agents and athletes have to build. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably very different sport to sport. I mean, you know, cause I have a lot of friends, I have a mentor that um, was an NBA agent and then represented a lot of uh, PGA tour and um, women's PGA tour players as well. So he, you know, I've gotten some sort of, you know, more general market, bigger box sport perspective, um, you know, everybody will go back to sort of Jerry Maguire, right? It's like, you know, that, but that's who I wanted to be. And, and why, why? Because not, I think it's a really cool movie. Who cares about that part? But that's my, the, the guy that I've, you know, tried to emulate and been mentored by. That's how he went about it. Like he didn't, um, he represented people he had like the no asshole rule, which you, you know, you're a Harvard guy. You probably read like the, he's, um, um, he adopted that early on. Um, and you know, and, and, I, and, and it, it made a lot of sense to me, like the people that he was, uh, representing, he was the best man in their wedding. Like, you know, there was a big, deep rooted personal relationship. Um, for me, <clears throat> that's how <clears throat> every one of those, Sorry, <clears throat> I'm choking. I'm not crying yet, but <clears throat> um, yeah, um, everyone I, I can and, and I can I just can run through the people that we work with. Like I stay at their house, they stay at mine. They 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 they, they you know see my kids grow up. 
Um, and then now those that have come in later, like they're immediately friends. We travel together. We, you know, stay in hotel rooms together. Like, you know, it's personal. Like, and, and that's the one thing I've said, and I will always consistently say, like, I think, you know, I, we started with Tia about, you know, I've been Tia, with friends with Tia for two years. Like Tia would never take the leap with us because we were such good friends and that's genuine. And she's like, ah, it's just like, I don't want to ruin this. And I, I would always tell her like, business is personal Tia. Mm. She's like, mm, that's not what I've heard. And I don't want to take the chance. And uh, she's come on and we've worked together for now almost a year. And, and she gets it now too. And because it is, and like, you know, that isn't like, you know, I personal, like I'm on social media defending every time somebody says something shitty about a client of mine. It's personal in that <clears throat> I take a lot of personal, um, you know, I take it very personally, uh, their growth and their success. And like, I have an opportunity to impact uh, their, their life and their kid's life and their kid's kid's life. If, if I do my job properly, um, and I really look after them as people and brands the right way. So that's how I approach it. That's like the most Jerry Maguire thing you've ever heard, but it's true, man. Like I don't, I don't <clears throat> want to work on a transactional basis with anything I do. It's all about relationships. It's one person, one conversation at a time, whether it's a brand, an athlete or an event, you know, anything like a volunteer or a staff doesn't matter. Like for me, <clears throat> I want to do good things for the right reason with good people all the time. And, and that's very, very important, obviously, in that piece of the business. What do you think is the next phase of the CrossFit community? We've seen a ton of changes over the past two years. We've seen more changes in two years in the CrossFit space for games, games qualification, the structure, sanctionals being a thing, uh, the way the games are streamed, the way media is put out. We've seen more changes in the past two years than really we saw in the preceding six years, it felt like. What do you think CrossFit competition could be at the games level. Uh, it could be uh, at the sanctionals level. It could just be at the community level on the competitive side. How do you think that's going to evolve over the next few years? Yeah, I, it's evolving. I think it's like, you know, there's a lot of really extreme public change, which I think is like, is, is what the, the market is seeing. I think, you know, it's, it, you know, the evolution has been just, I think, abrupt over the last 18 months, right? You know, yeah. a lot of changes were, you know, uh, and by the way, the way CrossFit does things a lot of ways is, you know, it's like make a decision and do it, not necessarily communicate the thought process before it, you know, or even after, which is, you know, how they've always done things and it's fine, right? And you could, there's just more people involved now. So it's like a little noisier and crazier than when they did it with sectionals and regionals. I mean, you were around for some of that stuff. Like those were as crazy a changes as that have gone on now. Um, I think that what you're going to see is, um, you know, I mean, there's, you know, a competition corner is a good reference. Like there's 3000 events on his platform. Um, that's not sanctionals or big competitions. Those are gym throwdowns. So it's a, you know, the market's thriving. It's just doing it in different areas from a competitive perspective. You're seeing a lot of growth in Europe and South America. Like you, you remember the days that, you know, when you were at fifth Ave and like everybody was competing as much as possible, like six years ago, you know? Oh yeah. And, it was like, I, it, there's, it's a weekend. I have a competition. It's a weekend. I have a competition. <laughs> you want to throw down and do eight workouts in, t in a day? Sure. You know, like that's just not, you know, that's not, that's not feasible. But, you know, I think what we're seeing here is a little more of an evolution towards like what runners have evolved to like the New York city marathon, the bigger 10 K and five K 
opportunity annually, like the, the, the Falmouth road race is like such a big deal in New England. Right. Um, you know, and maybe there's less of these like everyday five Ks, like, you know, it's the same here. I think what you're seeing is, you know, Wadapalooza is becoming this like New York city marathon, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, uh, West coast classic, the Boston, you know, if you're kind of like trying to relate it to another area, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's, I think where you're seeing our evolution is I think there'll just be, um, you know, less people competing overall because people are starting to become a little more like older, like myself. I don't, I can't do it, man. Like it just, and I also want to enjoy what I'm doing with fitness. I genuinely now enjoy breathing heavy and like, you know, going a little dark and like, to me, it's like, you know, I get to sharpen my ax, you know, and I, but I don't want to go like do 50 muscle ups in a workout on a floor in front of people. Like that to me just isn't, and I think a lot of people are kind of getting there. Mm -hmm. But there's a there's there's an extreme crowd, just like there is in marathoning and triathloning. So it's sort of evolving here. And then, you know, on the sports side, <clears throat> you know, the games, you know, um, we all have supported and will continue. Want it to grow, and it's globalizing. Um, I think it's really cool what came on last year with so many people from different countries. I think you'll see more athletes being relevant to the sport from other countries and parts of the world now that they're like can achieve some sort of world status and go mm. to a world games. Um, so you'll probably see some emerging uh, markets and countries that, that have some athletes that pop up. I'm interested to see how that plays out from like the China's and South Korea's and Japan's of the world that have like, you know, uh, better sort of lifting cultures that mm -hmm. strength sports cultures, you right. know, uh, you've seen it, you know, with Iceland, for instance, there's like yeah. super strong people, uh, you know, history is, you know, very strong look how it translated to CrossFit. I'm interested to see how that kind of happens from regions of the world like that, that are now for, you know, sort of on the start of it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but you know, who knows? Like, will we see this thing now move to another country, you know, and, and become more like a global Olympic type platform. It's, I, you know, I tell people when I, when I get asked about growth and evolution, um, things are great in general. It's just been a little crazy. You know, obviously right now things are wild and, and it's a hard time for an event organizer. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I believe uh, it's a resilient community and, and I believe um, everything from this will shake out okay. We'll just see kind of how we deal with this season. But the games is, um, you know, I know how our athletes are still training and it's hard yeah. for the CrossFit games. So when you have a pe people chasing that prize, like Matt for the fifth time, Tia for the fourth, and um, it's literally all they think about and eat, drink and sleep it every day. And like every moment is attributed to that. I think you're, um, you know, and they're global stars and recognized across all sports. Um, I think, you know, you're still going in the right direction. Matt, where's the best place for folks to keep up to date with the work you're doing? Could be through Loud Live Sports or just you personally, because uh, I mean, maybe maybe not right now. You're not traveling quite as much right now, given the COVID situation, but you're normally all over the place at pretty much every event, um, guesting on podcasts and really you know developing your own community. Where's the best place for people to follow along with that? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't like... I don't do a good job with social, but I do have a handle, a personal. It's O-K-E-E-F-M-R. That's my Instagram. Uh, it's generally what I use, but 
Uh, loud and Live Sports is just really a great place to 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 follow us. It's just Loud and Live Sports is the handle um, for Instagram. Um, we have a YouTube as well. We've been doing some podcasting on our own, which you know is just a little bit of a same as anything we've started a passion project, which has been super fun because we just have cool people to talk to. So we're yeah. doing it. Um, in any of our events, you know, Waterloo is a West Coast Classic, Granite Games, Madrid CrossFit Championship, Mayan CrossFit Championship. Um, those are, you know, those platforms, um, social platforms are a good places to see what we're doing. But yeah, I mean, I'm around, I'm not hard to find. You can, <laughs> you can DM me and, um, you know, catch up and I'm happy to hop on. I'll talk to anybody. And if, if once events start up again, Matt O'Keefe is the, the tall guy wearing the loud and live sports hat at events. Yeah. You can, you can pick him out of a crowd pretty easy. So don't, don't be afraid to give him a, to give Sometimes him a tap. I have a, a lot of gray in my beard. Although I've been advised by Matt Fraser to start shaving because I look like shit. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> All right, Matt O'Keefe, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. David, thanks. It's been a pleasure, man. Great to catch up with you. 